Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. I am your host, Steve Pearson, pastor of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Tongue twister there. Um, And we are delighted that you can join us again today. Hey, if you are a return listener to Shouts of Grace, um, we want to welcome you back and thank you for your support. Um, If you are not familiar with our radio program, I want to encourage you to go to shoutsofgraceradio.com and there you can have all of our last, uh, our past broadcasts, you can have access to them, um, as well as dropping us an email for any questions you might have or comments you might have as well. Uh, we also want to thank uh, Key Radio for their support and their use of the studio as we take this program and we broadcast it to Utah County and the Uinta Basin. And if you aren't familiar with Shouts of Grace, what we do here is we take uh, biblical discussions and we um, we kind of interact them with life, and 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 we look at a biblical worldview from 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 family to faith to everything in between. And so we have different guests on the show. Um, usually I'm in studio with Pastor Keith Ratke from River Community Church. Pastor Keith is taking a break for a season, and so we have decided to um, embark on this series that we have entitled. Um, lessons from the pulpit, where we are looking at um, at different lessons that pastors have learned, both in their personal life as well as their ministerial life, um, and and kind of gleaning from that. And so uh, we started this last week. I had a, a good friend of mine from California, uh, Pastor Bill Buffington from Calvary Chapel of Inglewood, and kind of shared with us um, kind of his lessons in the inner city and what that looks like. And, and today I have a friend of mine, Brian Catherman. He is the lead pastor of Redeeming Life Church um, in, I believe it's in, is it in Bountiful or Rose Park, Brian? No, we're in Salt Lake City proper. Bountiful is the neighborhood, but Salt Lake City proper, we are, excuse me, Rose Park is the uh, neighborhood in Salt Lake City, but we are reaching into Bountiful, Woods Cross, and Centerville and West Bountiful, just basically the area north of Salt Lake City, awesome. and then we're on the west side of Salt Lake City. Fa- fa- fantastic. Now, Brian and I are connected from, um, we, we both have the same sending church. We're, we're both church planters, and, and we're both sent out from Risen Life, as well as connected um, through our relationships through NAM and, and the Sin Network. And so um, I've had an opportunity to, to, to rub elbows with Brian personally in conversations and in ministry, and I know he's also um, involved with, with some of the leadership of this at the Utah-Idaho Southern Baptist Convention, and so uh, thanks for coming on the program, and uh, Brian. And I know you, you're not you're not um, unfamiliar with this because you actually have a podcast that you do, a weekly podcast that you do as well, right? I do, and it's kind of weird to be on this side of the, the interview, <laughs> but I'm excited to be a part of it. We do Salty Believer Unscripted. I do that with some uh, some of your mutual friends. We need to get you on that podcast at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'll tell you what the the, the phone thing is great because you don't have to come all the way down to Provo, you know, which is which is a, which is an awesome benefit. Um, but but yeah, I would I, I would love to. Maybe we can hook up sometime. Um, what what I want to do today, Brian, is is you know, and this is kind of just a real candid conversation and and kind of talking to our listeners is you know, as 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 a pastor, you have. A lot of experiences, both both with ministry, both with people, how how ministry, how people affect your family, church planting, maybe personal. I'm your, I, I know you just recently finished your PhD, and there's so many different 
avenues and lessons that that people can glean from. Um, and and so what I want to do is I want to take one or two of those that that mean the most of you, things that God has showed you over the years that that have impacted your life in a way that that maybe it's altered the way you think or maybe it's changed the way you minister or or whatever. And so what I want to do is I want to I want to ask you about those and kind of turn it over to you and let you kind of run with it. Well, okay, so if I understand correctly, you're asking what are the big lessons that the that the pastor has taught you in the school of hard knocks? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, give me some street knowledge, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I think the single biggest lesson that I've learned by actually being in the trenches, and it's not something you, they tell you about this in seminary, and you go, yeah, that's nice, and you read about it in some pastor's book, and you hear the stories, but until you really get your hands in the dirt as you're trying to you know, grow roses. You don't get dirt under your fingernails. You don't get, until you get into that place, you don't really see some of these things. And the biggest thing that I have, I think, really had to learn just through, I don't know, trial and error and just being shocked and seeing things is that no matter how much we think that we have it all together, we really don't. Mm. I mean, just, just Christians across the board, we all need Jesus and we all have brokenness and we all need the gospel every day. And so I, I've watched in my my own life, just personally, how much I go, wow, you know, I I thought I had that figured out. Turns out I didn't. Turns out I'm, I'm still kind of struggling like Paul struggled. The things I want to do, you know, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Man, I need Jesus every single day. And so that pick up your cross daily thing has just been, has just been pressed upon me as a pastor because I don't have the luxury as a pastor— of of hiding that as easily you kind of live a little bit in a fishbowl you want to be able to honestly say follow me as i follow christ and then as you're reflecting on that every day and as you're living out the things you preach and as the the sermons are working on you before you preach them it just exposes your own brokenness hmm. constantly hmm. you know what that's, that's helpful talk, talk talk about that for a second because that's that that's interesting you know how how would how does a person i mean just they don't even have to be a pastor because you you bring up a great point how does a person keep themselves from this shock of their brokenness because we all think that we're better than we really are right we're we're i mean every one of us you know we always look to a better version of ourselves but we all think that that we're a little better than we are until that thing that thing happens and then like you said there's this shock of, of really how deep my depravity is. How how do we keep from, from experiencing that shock? Because I know personally, when I've experienced that shock, I don't know about you, Brian, but I've, I talk to others as well, there, there's almost a depression that can come along sometimes with that shock of letdown. Like, oh, I've let, my, I've let God down, but I've let myself down. I'm way worse than I thought I was. How does a person even keep themselves from that shock of how, how deep their depravity or their brokenness is? Well, I think the first thing we have to do and uh, and this applies not just to, I mean this applies to everybody is we have to recognize that that feeling that shock that awareness of brokenness is a huge gift. Mm. We don't like the way it feels. We don't we don't want it. We want to fix it. There's something in us that says brokenness is bad, and so we do everything we can. We do everything in our power to try to mitigate brokenness. And often we're in brokenness and we're, we're trying to mitigate that brokenness with other things that are not the gospel. And then the shock hits when we realize how many other things we've done, how long we've been in brokenness and not really recognize that the, the way we're trying to get out of brokenness is not the gospel. 
And so I think the way to keep from having that shock is getting into the regular rhythms, the regular habits, and the regular humility to say, you know what? If whatever I'm doing to get out of brokenness is not Jesus, then it's not. It's it's an escape plan that won't get me anywhere because the Bible says only Jesus gets me out of this. So, you know, for me, it's like okay, I have to start learning what it's like to to be honest. So confession is, you know, we, we talk about Christians having a confession, you know, a confession of sin. Okay, that's really helpful. A confession of what we believe, that's really helpful. But there's also a real value of just a confession of what is. You know, this is what is. And this is what I'm doing. And yes, here's some sin. And yes, here's what I believe. And now what am I going to do with this thing? We get in the habit of, of regularly doing that daily. You know, I, I, use, I use this three circles model. Um, Jimmy Scroggins put this thing together. It's kind of a counseling tool, but it's a really good evangelism, share the gospel tool. But for me, I can just go back and look at it and go, okay, I feel broken. Or I feel like I'm doing something to escape brokenness. I'm trying to mitigate it, but I don't see Jesus in it. What do I need to do about that? If you get in that habit daily, then there's no shock when it hits you. Huh. If you, know, you don't get into that habit, man, it, it'll knock you on your backside. Yeah, you, you know what, Brian? That that's a that's a great point. Um, you know, we prepare for a lot of things. Like like people go to war and there's boot camp, and they prepare in the military for for for, for kind of what's ahead of them. I, and I, and I know you you see this as well. Um, there's an assault on the basic principles of the gospel today, it seems like. And one of those things is the nature of man and how we view ourselves. And, and and the reason that's important is because our starting point on how we view about on, on what we view about ourselves matters. It, it it matters. And so so when we talk about preparing, like so, somebody wants to become a Christian, maybe somebody's looking into it or whatever they're really faced with this crazy model today of this positive confession and this idea that, that, you know, you're not that bad. And the problem maybe is, is what's around you and it's in your environment. And it's, it's, you know, it's the Democrats fault. It's the Republicans fault. It's the, you know, it's, it's, it's the mom and dad's fault. It's everybody else's fault. And we live in a very much of a, of, of a blame society. And so how how should I see myself? Because because when we talk about starting that starting point for the for the Lord, you know where I start. How do I start and how I view myself? Well, the good news is this. Uh, there's a lot of good news in this. First, it feels to us like there's this assault, and there is, and it feels to us like it's new, but it's not. Hmm. You know, Christianity has lived in this sort of you know, up and down, ebb and flow. And, and they've had in the history of Christianity, even in the Bible, they've had this sort of challenge of, of differing worldviews coming against the gospel and different ways we view ourselves coming against the gospel. I was reading in my reading this morning, Second uh, Timothy 1. Paul's actually talking about these guys who are ashamed of Paul and don't believe the gospel because Paul has been arrested because he's been proclaiming the gospel, and so they've turned from him, right? False view that if we're in Christ, everything should be perfect, right? And yet Paul is saying, you know, rekindle that fire, Timothy, and fan the flames of your faith, and and hold strong, and this is your calling, and it's not going to look like what the world says it's going to look like. So I take great hope, first of all, in saying, okay, the Bible has wisdom in this, because this is not a new problem. Hmm. This is the same problem the gospel is speaking to, you know, throughout the whole Bible, is is this worldview that's different. And so then the next piece of that is to realize that, um, you know, what the worldview that you're talking about is trying to proclaim is that you can actually have 
everything together. And you can be great, and it can all just look great. And I think news reports have shown us that that's not true. Things come out from the past, and all these people that look like everything's great. Um, we know down deep, like we just have a sense that there's skeletons in the closet. And the beautiful thing about the gospel is that's what that's what the Bible says about us anyway. That we do have mm. this depravity, we do have sin, we do have death on us. And then, then, then Jesus actually can liberate us from that if we just get honest about it. And so rather than doing what the world says is either hide your stuff and put it all out there like you got it all figured out, say, look, I don't have it figured out, but I'm going to follow Jesus because he does. So I'm going to take his steps, and in the process of that, we actually find redemption, the ability Mm. to pursue God's design for us. We find freedom from all those skeletons. Amen. Amen. Hey, you're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to Shouts of Grace. I am your host, Steve Pearson, pastor of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah, and I am joined on the phone with a friend of mine, Brian Catherman from Redeeming Life Church um, in the greater Salt Lake area. And we've kind of just been talking about this idea of of of, of how how sh- sometimes people are shocked by what maybe comes out of their life and, and how how we really shouldn't be, that there is a common brokenness, um, we might refer to it in theological terms as depravity, um, that, that really exists in all of us, and, and the expression of that depravity may differ, um, certainly does, uh, based on a person's surroundings, we, we would acknowledge that, but it's there, and, and, and it, can't, it, it can't be avoided. And so, um, continuing on this, on this line of thought, Brian, let, let me ask you this, because as a pastor, one of the, one of the most difficult things that, that you can do at times, particularly in, in, in the religious context that, that we minister in, is telling broken people that don't think they're broken that they're broken. <laughs> <laughs> that, telling people that 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 have this this illness inside that thinks that somehow their deeds and their goods and their performance um, kind of aids and abeds this this idea of self righteousness that they're attaining a level of righteousness when in fact the Bible would teach something quite different as a pastor um, how how do you communicate this idea that that you need to go outside of yourself. Um, for a righteousness that doesn't exist in yourself? I, I think there's a few ways to do that. You can go to Scripture for sure, right? You can say, look, this is what the Bible says. But some of these, some of these, some of these folks that are really holding on to, hey, I got it all, you know, I got it all in me and I don't need the Bible, they're not going to hear that. So a lot of times I just wait them out. You know, as a pastor, one of the things that I've, I've learned is that at some point, people who are not opening their lives up to the redemption of Jesus Christ eventually that falls apart. The stress is too much. They can't keep, they just can't keep, you know, maintaining that level of, of I've got it all together, or they can't keep uh, drawing from something inside of themselves. Eventually that bucket is empty. And so as a pastor, you don't realize that people really do have a, a mess on their hands and you have the message of hope, and the gospel, the good news. And so you just sort of, you just sort of wait, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if they're not going to hear what God has revealed to us, God has given us this revelation of, of truth. If they don't want to hear that, I usually go, well, how's that working for you? And they'll tell me something. And I usually go, okay, yeah, let's see, let's watch. Mm. You know, give me the benefit of seeing how this looks in your life for two years. 
And so we just walk with them in a ministry of presence. And, and I, I want to be there. I, I kind of see my ministry as like a, like the fire extinguisher or the fire a handle on the wall that sets off the alarm, you know, in case of emergency, break glass. Mm-hmm. And so our church is where it's at in a community where, honestly, I don't think the community wants a church, but they want to know there's a place to go in the event of an emergency. So they know it's there. Mm-hmm. We have people come into our doors and go, hey, man, this happened or that happened. Okay, let's let's talk through that. Let's work through that. But sometimes it just takes a lot of patience. And we see that in Jesus' ministry. We see that in Paul's ministry. We see that in the history of the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to do, yeah. but I think that's kind of my approach to it. Now, I, first and foremost, I just want to keep proclaiming that gospel. You Amen. know, we have we have this obligation to say, this is where the hope is. This is where truth is. This is how that brokenness you're feeling gets redeemed and restored. And that's only through Jesus Christ and, you know, his uh, death on the cross in your place, his uh, shedding of his blood, his uh, work to defeat death and raise, you know, from the grave on the third day, his ascension to the Father where he's praying for you, interceding for you right now, like that fixes your brokenness. But if you don't want to hear it, I'm here. And when, when, when you're ready, when God has orchestrated your life in such a way that you need to see it, like we're, we're hope that we'll be here to proclaim that to you. So yeah, and that maybe doesn't sound super, uh, I don't know how to describe that, but it's like, I can't, I, all I can do is proclaim the good news. I can't really force anybody to, to deal Amen. with it. If they're in their brokenness, they don't want to see it. And, and you know what I would, you know, I'd add to that and say, you know, scripture, the, the psalmist says that evil pursues the center, right? Um, the, the proverb says that, that um, the way of the transgressor is hard. We never find a message in scripture that says um, the wages of sin is blessing, right? It's, it's just right, not, right. it's, you know, and so you're a hundred percent right in that. I think, I think as time and people interface with life outside of Christ, they, they start to see the, the hard life of sin. It starts to impress upon their psyche, upon how, you know, the, the way they live and, and, and just really wreaks havoc. And so, and so I think you're a hundred percent right in that. Um, you know, here's one of the things that, that I have a hard time with, and maybe you can talk about as well as, you know, in, in the old Testament is interesting that, that the priests, though they were separate, they were the same as the people, you know, and, and I think God demonstrated that when he said, look, you know, when you, before you go and you atone for, for the sins of the people, I want you to atone first for your own sins in the sight of the people. Right. And I think there's a message there to leaders to say, look, you're not above them. You, you got a position of authority that I'm placing you in and responsibility. But at the end of the day, the same sacrifice that covers them covers you, you know? And so as, as, as a leader, you know, one of the things that's hard sometimes is I'm, I'm guilty of all the same things that people that I'm calling to repentance of are guilty of. <laughs> and, and, and it can sometimes be, you know, a little, you know, being completely honest, you know, right before church this Sunday, leaving for church Sunday, me and my wife had a little spat. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like, how do I go and talk about righteousness when I'm like, and, and so going back to this idea, you know, of, of viewing ourselves in the light of Christ, would you, would you take some time and talk about the completion of the sacrifice of Jesus and, and what that literally means to a person who is looking into Christianity and they're thinking to themselves, man, I'm this broken person. Okay. I'm all messed up. What what does God have to offer such a reprobate like me? Well, so the the beauty of that is his word says that when we were that broken, when we were actually turning our back on Jesus, you know, we were sinners, that's when he came after us. And so mm. in our worst and lowest, he says, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming after you. Uh, 
you know, I, I heard a pastor once say when the, when the fence went up in the Garden of Eden in the, in the presence of God, a man couldn't be together. Jesus jumped the fence and went after the people, right? Mm. And, so, and so you have this Redeemer, this Rescuer, coming after us in our worst. And then he says, look, you're dead. I have life. You know, in, uh, in John 15, he says, I'm the, the vine and you are the branches, and all the branches that, are, that don't produce fruit uh, get cut away, and the ones that are producing fruit get pruned. And, and there's this interesting picture here of these dead, withered, dry branches that are collected and put into the fire. But the fascinating thing is that we started as the dead, dry, withered branches on the ground of the vineyard. And he said, hey, here's one. And he could literally graft us into himself hmm. that provides life. And all of a sudden, you know, his, his life is, and his power is suddenly in us, and suddenly leaves can be produced, and there's a sense of flourishing, and, and if we hold on to him, we abide him, fruit can come, and then yes, the Father's going to prune, and we don't like being pruned, but then more fruit comes, and all of this is for his glory. And so, because he did all of this in our place, not only did he make a way for us to have salvation, he made a way for us to pursue God's design, and to find that recovery and that redemption, and actually then produce fruit for God's glory, and find joy in that same text in uh in John 15, he says, look, enter into my joy and, mm. and have joy in me. And that's just, it's just beautiful. He also says, me and the Father are in a relationship, and you and me should be in the same relationship, like the same kind of relate. like it's a tight-knit, profound thing. And so, so we go from dead stick, withered, dry, no life, no flourishing, and no future, no hope, right? We Thrown into the fire, too, life producing fruit, relationship with Jesus. He also said, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you my friends. Mm. Like we're in this thing together. And so he's producing life that we can enjoy now, but also that we enjoy for eternity. And this is just sort of the, this is the pruning grounds. You know, this is, this is where we're being shaped and conformed. And, and, and so really he's saved us into that. So we're actually able to get out of that brokenness. There's no other way out of the brokenness. Mm. And so, that's you know what that's a great picture, Brian. Fantastic. That, yeah, that's a great picture because you you see God always giving life. Like right? when Ezekiel had his vision, you saw a bunch of dead bones, and what happens? God breathes life, right? And and, and I love the fact that you attribute all of this to the Lord. I mean, it's not. I don't wake up one day. I, I if I'm dead in my trespasses and sins. I've got to be made alive and I can't make myself alive by, by by simply changing my conduct or changing my way of thinking because my conduct and my way of thinking is a part of the deadness. And, and so unless God sovereignly chooses to move upon me and wake me up spiritually, then I'm going to lay there. And I, I just love the fact that God gets all the glory for the new life and man can't man can't can't attribute anything to himself. Listen, Brian, in the last minute, um, tell us tell us just a little bit about your church, where you guys are meeting, what's going on, and 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 close us off. Well, we're Redeeming Life Church. Uh, you can find us at RedeemingLifeUtah.org. We are really working to reach everything north of Salt Lake City, up into that area, Bountiful, and all that, but also the west side of Salt Lake City, which is Rose Park and Foxborough. You know, we just really hold on to the Bible. We hold on to the Bible tightly because we know we all need it. And we want to say, look, if you're in an emergency, break glass. We'll we'll tell you, we'll sound the alarm and tell you where the hope is found. We just want to walk together in the journey for life. That's kind of kind of who we are as a church and what we're doing. Amen. We're a pretty casual group, but we love Jesus. Amen. 
Hey, listen, we are out of time for this episode of Shouts of Grace. Brian, I want to have you back on again, man, on a regular basis. <laughs> it was great. That'd be awesome. Awesome, man. Well, listen, if you've been listening to Shouts of Grace Radio and you are pleased with what you hear, hey, go to shoutsofgraceradio.com and drop us a message. And we look forward to having um, some some other guests here on this series when titled uh, Lessons from the Pulpit. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. You can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.